Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. A three-foot-tall, shiny, stainless steel rabbit still has the art world buzzing. That's because Rabbit by Jeff Koons sold for over $91 million. That is the highest price ever paid at auction for a work of art by a living artist. Spending that much money on a big metal bunny sounds like a risky investment for the buyer. So is the risk worth it? And why should it matter to the rest of us? With me is Alison Schrager. She recently wrote about the rabbit and the art market in the New York Times. She's also an economist, a reporter at Quartz, and the author of the recent book, An Economist Walks Into a Brothel, catchy title, that examines the intersection of risk and economics. Alison, good morning. Morning. Thanks for having me. So first, other than the gawking factor of this $91 million price tag, how does this connect to the rest of us? There's a big phenomenon happening in the economy, and it's actually happening in almost every single industry, which is what we call in economics the superstar economy, which is within every industry, you have this small fraction of superstars who are getting almost all the wage gains and leaving everyone else behind. And it honestly explains almost all the income inequality we're seeing in the economy. It's not that at every company, the CEOs are getting paid way more than everyone else. Within each company, uh, intra-firm inequality has actually been fairly constant. What you have is this small group of firms or earners who earn way more than everyone else. So when you look at the art market like this and prices like this, it's a reflection of what's going on in the economy overall. It is. Art reflects our culture. And what we're getting this reflection of is now is sort of this superstar effect because, you know, you might look at this and be like, oh, you know, some rich person's paying too much for bad art, whatever. But this actually really does matter because what it reflects is that you're seeing this hollowing out of the middle within the art market, which is these small mid-sized galleries are getting squeezed out because when collectors see art going for this much money, value is uncertain. So they tend to assume that anything they can afford, say in the $30,000, $50,000 range, is just not worth it because you know, risk is so paramount in this market because no one ever quite knows what value means. But that, okay, it's $30,000, $40,000. Most people are not out there buying art at that level. I'm just thinking, though, that when you see $91 million, you think, wow, the art market must be doing really well. I bet people are buying left and right and they're seeing the, the works of art go up in price if that's what they're buying it for. Yeah. And just like the larger economy, you know, you see the stock market on fire, you see booming GDP. But also in the larger economy, I think a lot of economists like to say it's not just the 1%, it's the 1% versus the 0.01%. And it's this very similar thing in the art market is that this very top tier is driving almost all the growth, while in fact, small mid-sized galleries are closing. So then what is the consequence if this big tier is driving it? What happens to the artist who's starting out right now or the gallery that's trying to find the new up-and-coming Jeff Koons in this case? Well, it's really worrying because, you know, even Jeff Koons didn't start as Jeff Koons. He worked his way up through the gallery system. And generally, they start in small, mid-sized galleries and work their way into bigger galleries. And, you know, this is risky for galleries because they financially support artists along the way, steer their work, teach them how to deal with collectors. So without that element of their market there, it's unclear how artists are going to come up in the world now unless they, you know, are the sort of people who know to brand themselves as Instagram stars right out of the gate. And is that really the art we want? Tie this back to why sort of the average person who is never going to buy a work of art, even for 30000 let alone $91 million, why does this matter? Well, it matters because, you know, the superstar economy is happening everywhere. And we don't honestly know as economists what that means. But if the art market is indicative of the rest of the economy, it suggests that, you know, mobility will be impaired and people will be left behind and have a harder time working their way up if they don't happen to land at a superstar company. Okay, a lot of people buy art because it has aesthetic value, but it's also an investment and it can be a risky one. 
risk is something that you've spent a lot of time studying, and it's the subject of your new book. What have you learned about the intersection between risk and economics? Well, the intersection is, is that there's this fundamental law of finance, which is the more you pay for something, the less risk you experience. Or you can pay less and get more if you're willing to risk some downside. And, you know, as I say, I, I talked about this in my book when I went to a lot of markets, including the time I spent in brothels. In brothels. Yes. Yeah. Spent some time there. Uh, it's in the book title. So can't hide that. And, and what were you looking for there? I was pricing risk. Because sex can be risky. And particularly if you pay for sex, it's very risky. You can get caught by the police, public humiliation, lose your job. So you can pay to reduce all of that risk if you go to a legal brothel, but you pay a huge markup. And it's like an asset. You know, you pay more for assets that pose less risk. So to summarize what you found there is that people were willing to pay more because there was less risk. Does that mean that for those people who like to play it safe, who don't like a lot of risks, that uh, that influence a lot of the economic decisions that we make? Totally. I mean, when you make a decision to say how to invest your 401k, you know, you will have to spend a lot more in your savings if you're only in, say, treasury bonds because they pay a lower return. But there's a lot less risk. Exactly. So that's the trade-off is am I willing to pay to reduce risk? And this is, so I said, this fundamental law that pervades all of finance. So what happens if there is a lot of risk and in the case of the art market, people are paying a lot of money? Well, I would say, you know, buying a metal bunny for $90 million is risky. You know, are the odds are that that's going to go up in value? It's not clear. But the art market is a lot like crime. And I'm not saying anyone's doing anything nefarious in the art market. But what you have is, you know, in order for these things to happen, in order to have this sensible distribution where people who take more risk get more or get more for less, price has to have meaning and value has to be objectively measured. That's what finance does is it puts this value on risk using objective data. And the thing about art is because value is so subjective and no one quite knows what the value of art is and there's so much manipulation in the market of value, you know, you get these really messed up risk distributions where you could end up paying more and taking more risk. And that tends to be the case when value is uncertain. And that's what also happens in criminal markets because you don't have pricing transparency. So what should we think about then uh, when it comes to the idea of risk and taking more risk? I mean, how much does it matter in our lives? It matters because we take risks all the time. Even deciding what route to take home or what subway to take is a risk. You know, Yeah, the express train, you know, so but it also really matters for large decisions about entering into a relationship, taking a new job. I mean, our lives won't move forward unless we take more risks. So feeling comfortable with risk and understanding which risks to take and how to protect yourself if a risk does not work out or should be really fundamental life skills. And that's also difficult when it comes to economics to make those decisions. Maybe you're taking a risky investment with your 401k, but it may actually pay off. It may, but there's no guarantees. But I mean, I said it, taking risk is healthy. As a, you know, I've studied retirement as an economist. And I mean, people should do whatever floats with their risk tolerance. But I wouldn't suggest, say, a 20-year-old be all in a bond portfolio. You know, they should be open to some stock risk if they're comfortable with it. And maybe find an artist who's just starting out to perhaps take a risk and invest in. Yeah, that's a risky investment, but they might have fun. I'm told collecting's fun. It's out of my price range, but, you know. Alison Schrager is an economist and journalist and is the author of the book, An Economist Walks Into a Brothel. Alison, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I'm Charlie Herman. This is Money Talking from WNYC. 